I believe that our goals should both excite us and scare us a little bit. Hey everyone, I'm Emily Reagan, and you've discovered Unicorns Unite. This is a podcast for freelancers, service providers, virtual assistants, and curious listeners who would like to experience the freedom and flexibility of working virtually. We're the magic makers, movers and shakers, and the real people doing the work behind the scenes of online businesses. Welcome to Unicorns Unite. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. I am thrilled to have you. I'm your host, Emily Reagan, and it is such a pleasure to have you join me every week. Sometimes we take a a Facebook Live interview and repurpose it over here on the podcast. So if you're not a part of my Facebook group, please head down to the show notes and make sure you join. Now, I recently had goal achievement coach Kristen Burke in the group to talk about setting and achieving goals in 2022. And this was such a good episode. We had it just recently. And this is the best way to kick off the new year. Kristen Burke is here to help us plan a successful business, successful personal life using goal setting and vision casting. In today's episode, she's tearing down the four steps of setting a goal. There are four actionable parts here to make your goals realistic, meaningful, and wildly successful. We touch on so many good topics in this conversation. I love how she gets vulnerable. I love that we talk about the work-life balance. We talk about gaining clarity and the importance of putting a pause on your business and having fun. There's such good insight here. This is why I love interviewing other business owners to see what they're doing and to really give us that inspiration to do our own thing with our own unique talents, the unicorn way, right? So thank you for joining me. Welcome to 2022. Happy New Year. I know this is going to be a good one, and Kristen here is going to help you. Now, before we get started, I want to encourage you, if you have the digital marketing skills and you can take on client work, I am posting jobs every day in my membership, the Digital Marketing Workgroup. You can go apply for that group. I'd love to have you in. Every month we have updated trainings, advanced trainings. We have guest speakers, networking opportunities, and then job leads from business owners like course creators, business coaches, other service providers, membership site owners, all looking for that digital marketing assistant and sometimes a specialist. So come join us over there. And I'd also love to encourage you, if you don't have the hard skills yet and you're just getting started, go hop on the waitlist for the Unicorn Digital Marketing Assistant School, my flagship course that gives you the digital marketing implementation skills to make you hireable and desirable in this online market, all right? This is gonna be your weapon to getting booked out is having these skills. So without further ado, let's jump into the interview. Welcome to our Facebook Live slash podcast today. I am so excited about this interview because I have Kristen Burke here to talk about goal setting, which is perfect timing for 2022. I would love for you to introduce yourself, tell everyone about your family, where you live, and then how you got into this business. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me here today. And you are so right, Emily. Now is the time where everyone gets really excited for new goals. So I can't wait to talk through some ideas and strategies to help our viewers have their best years ever in 2022. So I live in Los Angeles, California. I'm in a beach town called Redondo Beach. 
and I am married to my high school sweetheart, and we have a vivacious seven-year-old little girl. So life is busy, life is fun. I am, as you mentioned, a goal achievement coach, and I actually started coaching in my former role, I started coaching internally within a financial services firm back in 2009. So that's quite frankly where I developed my passion and my interest for coaching individuals and helping people maximize their potential. And I worked with a lot of financial advisors and small business owners in that experience in that role. And so when it got to the point in 2019 where I decided I'm ready to go out on my own, I want to build my own business. I knew I wanted to serve small business owners and help small business owners build the goals and the strategies and the plans to achieve their goals. And that is exactly what I am doing today. Oh, I love that. So what was your formal education then, like before all of this? Great question. So I actually have a master's degree in communication. So in graduate school, I decided to study women and work-life balance, and I wrote my graduate thesis on the topic. And Emily, I ultimately decided that there is no such thing as balance. And so I based my theory on the communication principle that language creates reality. And the way that we talk about balance really communicates this unrealistic expectation in our minds. And when are our lives and our families and our businesses ever a perfect balance? I know we were joking before we went live today around this time of the year. It's this, well, we got to start setting goals for the new year and we got to finish strong. And I really just want to sit down and wrap presents and watch Christmas movies under the Christmas tree right now. So it's, it's this constant pull, but I really proposed in my thesis that we think about work-life management. And I'm type A, so the word management felt right at the time. And that belief has now evolved into work-life integration. Oh, I love that. Now I could have used your smart words because I was on a summit the other week and they asked me that question and I agree with you. I think it doesn't exist. And I had a hard time articulating why. And for me, it's like, you choose to trade something over another. Like you said, you can't get that equal balance. And I'm chuckling because I got a text from my aunt last night saying, oh, you're like power woman. I don't know how you work and get ready for Christmas and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, want to tell her the truth is like, no, there's like tons of other balls getting <laughs> dropped, right? Like it's your choice and your prioritization. So I love that like you actually studied this and you're backing me up. <laughs> I did, yes. which, which connects to some of the topics we'll explore later around vision. And once you're clear on what's important to you and what yes. success means to you, that helps you prioritize. Yeah. Well, while we're on this topic about an online business, like how is it going for you? Because I know a lot of people watching are, you know, thinking about transitioning their career online. So it's so inspirational to hear from somebody like you who is doing something a little different than what I teach in the group. But like, how do you like it? Oh my gosh. I was with a group of entrepreneurs last night. So I'm in this incredible organization with other entrepreneurs and we were having a holiday dinner and a couple of us were laughing that we will never go back. So God willing, we will never go back to working for someone else. And what I love is I love that I get to have the creativity around who I serve, why I serve them, how I spend my time. Now that also creates some stress because we, we get to choose like, and I am working on for the new year, 
figuring out how much work should I be putting into my business? How much joy should I be incorporating into my life? Because I think I've gotten to a point where I've over-rotated, where it's all work and I want to do all the things. I want to coach all the people. I want to have the podcast. I want to build the email list. I want a social following. I want to launch a course and, oh, wait, I'm going to facilitate a mastermind. I mean, that was my 2021. And now I sit here and I take a deep breath and I think, Oh, what was I doing? What was I doing? I was just doing all the things. So I think it's both a blessing and somewhat of a curse that we have this amount of creativity in our businesses. And I think the go-getter nature that we want to do it, you know, we like it. We tend to lean that way because we, we just have that raw talent and that drive. And that's like people, you know, listening to this podcast, like have that same drive. So we do have to kind of keep that in check. And I was meeting with a friend who's a wellness coach and she was like, you have to remember to add fun back in your life. And it's hard because I'm like, I actually think SEL is fun. And she's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and it's that kind of fun. <laughs> I feel the same way. I'm like, well, reading personal growth and development books is fun. And going for a walk and listening to a podcast to better my business is fun. But that's not the point. We need things that aren't connected to our business and our lives as well. Yeah. And I was just telling you how I snuck away for New York this weekend. And I was feeling a little bit crazy in my business before I left because there's just a lot of things happening. And I went away and oh my gosh, and with the pandemic, I've kind of forgotten this having four children and being super busy. I don't get to travel as much, but I forget how much that like re centers me. And I get so inspired. I was telling you about like the art displays and just like kooky little things in New York that get my brain thinking about something else was so good for my soul. And so I hope, I know you said you're visiting, but I hope it does the same for you because it's just nice to have the business break because we're, we're serious about our business. So it's hard to turn it off. Totally. And I know usually for me, when I step away, it takes about a day to adjust. Yeah. Cause you're still, I'm like running out. I'm running to the last minute to get things done and wrap everything up. And then I'm even on the plane and I'm like, I'm going to use plane time to do all this stuff. And so it takes a moment to truly unwind and say, I'm going to hit pause on business and hit play on fun. Oh, I love it. That's our soundbite right there. You need to use that. Like, <laughs> make that a quote. Yes. We'll, we'll use it in our promotion, but that was good. The reason I really wanted to have you here today and talk about goal setting is I am terrible at it. And I think so much of it, and you know, my people know my story, but just being a military spouse, not being in control of my life, never allowed me to think about that. And so now that I have a business and I have my own you know, piece of the pie, like life is different. Like I've got a spark. I like, you know, have a vision and goal as far as, I don't know what I'm trying to say here, but like just more than I had before, a little bit more control than I had before. Um, my husband just officially retired. He is done, done in just a couple months, but he's done working. And so now I'm like, oh, I get to actually count on him to be around. He's not going to deploy for a year. And all that good stuff. But like, I've struggled with this and I am so excited you're here because this is not something I'm good at teaching. I know that so many of my students and people listening have specific income goals that they're trying to do. Some of them have exact vision for their business, but a lot of us don't. And one thing I teach is like, you get started and you gain that clarity and that competency as far as these digital marketing tasks go, because you don't always know where it's going to take you. And that can be very uncomfortable for some people. And for some of us is very 
liberating, right? So yeah. So talk to us about goals and help us out. (laughs) I love this. And I'm smiling as you mentioned, I teach, get started and gain clarity. I believe the exact same thing. And this takes me back to 2020 when I decided I'm going to build an email list. And I bought the platform that I use. I use Flowdesk. And I didn't do anything with it for a while because I was so overwhelmed. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how this works. What is the purpose? What is the point? And then I slowly started to dabble in it. And then I think I slowly sent out the first email. And now this is a part of the business. And I'm very fortunate. I have a VA who helps me with a lot of the creation. She's very skilled at making my emails look beautiful. But I think back, if I would have waited until I perfectly understood, I I probably would have never gotten started. And so that has now become a theme for so much of what I do in my business is to recognize that feeling of overwhelm is normal. And that means that I'm stepping into something new. And in order for me to work through that feeling, I need to simplify and break things down into small steps. And that helps me start to make progress. So let's talk goals. Okay. Let's talk goals. I believe that there are four parts of setting a meaningful goal. Part one is visioning. Part two is reflecting. Part three is brainstorming. And four is planning. I'd like to unpack each of those parts here a little bit more. So first and foremost, I think I built a belief around goal setting from my corporate days that it happens in one setting. We would have these planning days and the leadership team would come together and we'd spend hours looking at reports and discussing and we walk out of that room and our goals would be set and our plans would be solidified. And what I've realized is that that might work. in in a corporate setting. That might work for some organizations, but what tends to work better for us as small business owners is to let this be a process and to not feel compelled to have to get this all done in a two-hour time block before you run onto the next task. Because what I found is when you start allowing your mind to think about what you want and where you want to go, and you start writing things down, tomorrow morning, you might jump off your Peloton ride with a new idea. And then the next day you might finish your, your ab workout we were talking about earlier with the next idea. And so if you allow this to be a bit of a process over a few days, maybe a couple of weeks, you might gain a ton of clarity. Visioning. I recommend that we as small business owners have a long-term vision. Now, I know all the reasons why we don't do it. We don't have time. What if we don't get it right? I can't think that far ahead into the future. Look, I've said all these things myself. And again, I realized that it was a lot of fear that was making me say those things. And in order to actually start this vision, I needed to simply put pen to paper and dream and set a timer if it helps you. Set a timer for 15 minutes and start writing. What does your life look like? What does it feel like? What does your business look like and feel like? in the next 10 years. And that vision will serve as the foundation for meaningful goals you set in 2022. Next is reflecting. And what I love about reflecting is it starts to silence the noise of everything everyone else is doing. I fell very victim to watching what other coaches were doing on social media this year and thinking, oh, that's how I have to do it. That's how I have to be successful. And the more that I leaned into what I thought I should do, 
the less results and success I was having. And the moment that I decided to get quiet, to lean into myself, to listen to my intuition and reflect, the more clarity I got that was energizing, exciting, and I started working towards the things that were meaningful to me. So reflecting is a powerful component of this goal setting process because you simply need to ask yourself, what do you want more of? And what do you want less of in the new year? What worked in your business in 2021? What didn't work and why? What did you achieve? What allowed you to achieve it? What disappointments did you have? And the more you give yourself the time to reflect and understand, the more you'll know what works for you. I'm, I'm going to borrow a saying from yoga. The answers we seek are within. And that gives us a beautiful platform to go to brainstorming where we can pick different categories of our lives that are important to us. It might be business, personal, financial, family, faith, fitness. There's a lot of categories. I'm not saying we should set lots of goals in all of them because that can create confusion. But think about all the potential areas of your life that you could set some goals in and pick the ones that are the most important to you. And then start to brainstorm. What are all the goals that come to mind? What are some of my professional ambitions in the new year? What's the revenue number I want to drive for my business in the new year? How do I want to spend time with my family in the new year? And brainstorm, brainstorm, brainstorm. And once you get this list of all these incredible things you can accomplish, you can go back and really start asking yourself, what's truly exciting on this list? What's going to move me closer to my vision on this list? And that's going to allow you to really hone into what I call your most meaningful goals. And that's where you can start to build your plan. And one of the mistakes that I made this year, and you know, even me as a goal achievement expert, I, I spend my life's work helping people hit their goals. I mess it up too. One of the mistakes I made is I had too many goals in all the categories. And then I'm here at the end of the year and I'm like, okay, it's in the morning. Well, do I meditate? Do I get on the Peloton? Do I read? And it just felt as if I had all these things that were competing. And so as I go into the new year, that's one of the lessons I'm going to take with me is as I go through these four steps and it comes time to plan is to really get clear. What's the one thing I want to focus on from a health standpoint? What's the one thing I want to focus on in my business versus having three to five goals in each category? Okay. That makes sense. I've also, I've heard people talk about like one goal. I'm like, that's not enough because I have a business goal. I, you know, I have a health goal. I might have like a spiritual goal. So I love that you simplify it within those categories. Yes. Yes. And I am a believer in a most meaningful goal. So if you have goals in all your categories, is there one that is the most meaningful? The one that if you achieve nothing else in the new year, you're going to be like, heck yeah, this was wildly successful. And I learned this from a Rachel Hollis podcast episode, she described it as throwing a boulder into a a body of water. So if you picture a lake and you throw a bunch of pebbles in that lake, it'll make a bunch of little splashes. So that's like having a bunch of goals all over the place. But if you take that boulder, that most meaningful goal, and you throw it in the lake, it's going to create a massive splash. And along the way, you're likely going to achieve the other things. Okay. I love that. Yeah. And then it also probably, I'm just thinking of like health goals has a lot of like positive repercussions across 
all of the other ones. So <laughs> exactly. And, and I tend to always go business, like business and revenue. <laughs> and that's one of the things that I am starting to flirt with for the new year is my most meaningful goal centered more around health and calmness. And that's a very different side of the coin for me. Yeah, me as well. And I have been doing the same thing, but it was interesting at uh, the beginning of 2019, I believe it was when I was just starting my course, part of my business, I've been doing the client work for a decade. I uh, might've had an extra drink or two and I was, it was new year's Eve. And I said out loud to somebody, I am going to get 50 students this year. And like going from being a nobody, no email list, like nothing, like I'd done all the work for clients and hid behind the computer. And so I let myself say that out loud. And if you looked at the end of the year, that's the exact number I got, which I tell you is big for me because I didn't allow myself to really ever do that. You know, I just kind of always went with the flow, Emily, who goes with the flow. So I thought that was fascinating that what I said out loud and what I really set my mind to, I like, actually, I did it. It wasn't this like, I got to do it, got to do it, you know, and I made it about people rather than income. You know, I knew I'm in the startup phase. I made it about like results, but yeah. So is there something to be said with like writing your goals down or telling people because my crazy uncle, I'm getting a little more personal with this like conversation with you. My crazy uncle, who's never going to listen to this podcast, was telling <laughs> me over at the beach. He's such a know-it-all. He was like, you don't tell people your goals because then you won't achieve them. And I was like, this is the exact opposite of what I did. So anyway, what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I don't know your uncle and he's <laughs> not here to participate in the conversation, but I believe the opposite for most people. Yeah. So maybe for him, that is true. Maybe for him going vocal, it creates all this pressure and it's crippling. I'm much like you, where if I tell someone a goal or I'm going to do something, I'm way more likely to follow through. So if I think back around some of the most meaningful goals that I've ever achieved, and it could be running a marathon and fundraising for team and training, or when I had my first year in business and generated over a quarter million dollars of revenue, I was very vocal about those goals to the right people. Sometimes with marathoning, uh, my Facebook friends were probably annoyed with me posting all my training updates, but that was done. So I would actually get up and get out of bed on a Saturday morning to log my 18, 20 mile run. But I was very intentional my first year in business, talking with my accountability partner around my goal, where I was at, I was tracking it. So I believe there is a ton of power and going public with sharing what it is you're going to go after and achieve. Yeah, this is fascinating to me. And I can see that like a different personality. I totally see space for that too. Okay, let's just take a moment here. It's impossible to get referrals without putting yourself out there all the time. It's really difficult to have a community when you're doing the work by yourself. It's also hard to stay up to date when you're just one person and digital marketing trends, platforms, technology, and strategies change all of the time. And it's no fun having to do lead generation for your business when you'd rather be doing billable hours. So I have a solution for you. Come join my digital marketing work group. It's a tight community of freelancers, virtual assistants, digital marketing specialists, 
who are all up-leveling in their skills, getting advanced trainings, applying for my job ops, and becoming digital marketing specialists and managers and strategists. This is an online referral community for both skilled and up-and-coming digital marketing service pros and virtual assistants. We've shared over 800 jobs with our community. We'd love to have you too. If you need client work, if you need a squad behind you, if you need help raising your prices, promoting yourself to the next level, this is the place to be. You can apply for the work group with the link in the show notes. We'd love to have you. Back to the show. All right, let's go on to the fourth thing, what comes after brainstorming. Oh, okay. So after brainstorming, now we got to plan. We got to build the plan. So we get our most meaningful goal. This is something that I'm realizing is a big difference maker for the people who achieve goals and don't achieve their goals. So one, if you've never set goals, setting goals is a brilliant, brilliant first step. If you've been a goal setter and maybe you've missed some of those goals, I would encourage you to go back and ask, did I actually have a plan? And chances are you probably didn't have a really good clear cut plan to achieve that goal. So when it comes to planning, I encourage you to think about your confidence level as it relates to the goal, because so often we want to go into strategy and execution when we might really need to start with mindset and belief. And so where's your confidence level in in regard to achieving this new goal you're setting? And then start listing out what are some of the strategies that you can use to achieve this goal? What are some of the initiatives? What are some of the projects? What are some of the ways you're going to get there? And then I would encourage you to focus on a strategy that excites you. That's going to likely keep you engaged and consistent. A strategy that you know is fundamental. When we build client-based businesses, there are certain things we need to do to get clients. Those are those fundamental strategies. And sometimes we move so far away from that that we need to get back to the fundamental because we're always looking for these creative ways when it's probably related to a strategic outreach plan to build your clientele. And then the last strategy I recommend you think about is one that scares you. And here's where courage comes into play, because if we're not willing to be courageous, then we're going to have a really difficult time achieving these goals. So many of our goals are going to require us to grow and stretch and get out of our comfort zone that we need to learn to embrace that fear and act courageously. So assess your confidence level. Start to outline what are some of the ideas you have around achieving your goal? What are some of the steps you need to take? And then pick one that excites you, one that's fundamental, and one that scares you. How do I know if my goal is too easy? Like, how do I know if I'm making it attainable or too easy or too hard? Or, I mean, that part is the first thing that pops in my head. Yes. Okay. So let's just use an example with that. And let's think about a revenue goal for a business owner. One, if you start thinking about a revenue number, I would first look at what was the revenue number you did in 2021 in 2022, in 2019, and study your own personal historic growth. What are the trends? Do you typically grow 10 to 20%? Do you typically grow 50%? Have you gone backwards? Like, Just start by collecting data. Then as you assess that revenue number, take a look at what will it actually take to get there? So what will it take to get there? How many clients or how many projects? And then does that align with the capacity you have for your business. So if you're saying, hey, I wanna triple my revenue and I wanna take three days off a week to spend time with my kids, well, 
are those going to compete with one another? They, they might not work. So take a look at where you've been before. Take a look at what you need to do, what you're willing to give to achieve this goal. And then that's going to give you a lot more insight into, is it realistic? Is it meaningful? I believe that our goals should both excite us and scare us a little bit. If you look at that number and your first thought is there's absolutely no way I could get there, it's probably not the right goal. If you look at that number and you're like, oh, that's going to be easy. I could do it in my sleep. It's probably not the right goal. Okay. Wow. That really gets me thinking. And so a lot of the people listening are, you know, virtual assistants, they're freelancers, service providers. So they're thinking in terms, I'm going to guess more like income goal. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about like breaking it down and making sure you have the capacity. I don't know what comes to mind here too, is like having like an honest conversation with yourself about prices. Like, I feel like that comes into it. Like, is this achievable? Cause capacity is, I mean, it's a limiter. A lot of us are moms, you know, we have second jobs. We can't just keep adding clients in hours. So you have to find other ways. Right. Number. Yes. And I love helping my clients think about a revenue number. I think so often we pick these numbers because they sound good. They're what we think we need to do. And this could be a really helpful exercise to walk through. What is the amount of income you actually need to earn? How much money does it take to run your life, to run your business, to pay for taxes, to put into savings, right? So how much is it that you actually need to earn? And then what does that look like on a monthly basis? And then to your point, whatever it is you charge, divide that number by what your packages cost or your services cost. And then you're going to get an idea of, well, how many clients do you need to take on or how many products do you need to sell? And you can take a look. Is that in alignment with where you've been? Is it quadruple where you've been, because then that might be an opportunity to raise prices. It might be an opportunity to streamline services. It might be an opportunity to create a new service that doesn't exist yet. So I think, again, going back and studying your own data, kind of going back to that reflecting point gives us so much information. One thing I've really liked about your messaging is like everybody has their own success point. And you're absolutely right. I see so much marketing in this space, especially the VA coach space where they're like, you will get five figure months and, you know, stuff like that. And at the same time, a lot of us are here. Like, let's be real. A lot of us are here because we want flexible work. Right. We want balance. And I like that you kind of acknowledge that when I was like scoping out your website and all of that, like everyone has a different success goal, right? Is that what you call it? You had a different word for it. A different definition of success, I believe, right? And you're so spot on. And so often we can get lost in comparison. And social media provides so many incredible opportunities. It can be a great space for inspiration, for connecting, but it can also be a space for comparing and putting blinders on and thinking, this is the only way to do something. And what I'm starting to learn is I need to pause when I get in that mode. If I'm like, well, I got to do this and I got to do this. I need to pause and ask myself why and what is the outcome I am really going after? And is it true that this is the only possible way to get there? Yeah, that's a good question. Really question yourself there. Like, is this because somebody on the outside told you that this is what it's supposed to look like? And thoughts that come to my brain, I recently had a Sage Polaris on my show and she was talking about how she takes four months off a year. 
And when you break up like her summers off with her kid and then, you know, a week here and a week there, it adds up really quickly. And to me, like that would be my definition of success is being able to have that time being present with my kids when it really matters. And I mean, I've tried working over the summers and I do, and it's tough in <laughs> like Christmas breaks. Like I've made the mistake of working over a Christmas break once. And so it's not always about income. And I, I just want a lot of you to hear her say that because it's like letting go of that outside standard of what it means to be successful. And we're here in this space because we don't want the corporate 60 hour work week, right? <laughs> Well, and Emily, I I can talk about this because I'm literally in conversations right now with my husband around, I decided to start my own business for more freedom, for more flexibility, for more impact. And I'm working much the same way I was corporate. And it's such a reality check for me that I'm the one who's putting all the stress and pressure on myself to hold all these meetings and help all these people and hit all these really big goals. And so I'm wrestling with, is that what I want or is it more time? And, and I think sometimes we just don't get quiet enough to think about what we truly want. Cause we're always like, go, 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 go. Yeah. And I think people don't acknowledge this messy startup stage. When you're figuring it out, you haven't got all your systems, you don't have a whole team. And I mean, a lot of us are there and it is just painful and like having to like let some of that go. And I mean, that's not even like a perfectionist thing. It's like just knowing that this stuff has to get done to grow your business. And it's like an ongoing thing and you put it away and you choose the Peloton, (laughs) you know? Well, one of the things I learned from you in our conversation today is that you mentioned you were coaching for about 10 years before you, or you were doing your work for about 10 years before you had a course. Yeah. And it's such a brilliant reminder that growing our businesses is a marathon too. Yeah. And that all the people we're looking at and comparing ourselves to, they probably been doing it, maybe not, but they've probably been doing it for a while. So why are we, and this is a message I'm giving to myself, why are we expecting to do it all overnight? I know, I know. And sometimes it's, I feel like in my world, it's because the space I'm in is very meta because I'm doing exactly what I do for clients and I'm teaching people and you know, so there is a little bit of that pressure, but yeah, it's just funny how that works out. So tell everyone you have a freebie to give everybody and it was your breakout plan. Tell everyone what that is and how it's going to help them with 2022. So the breakout plan connects to part four that we spoke about planning. Okay. So if you are listening to this and you are thinking, yes, I want to set big goals for the new year. And yes, I want some more clarity around my goals. And yes, I want to actually document what it is I'm going to do. Download my breakout plan, which is going to give you a space to write out your goal, assess your confidence, brainstorm those strategies. And then it also helps you outline how are you going to track your goal? Because I really firmly believe what gets tracked and measured gets accomplished. And then it's going to help you think through that accountability piece, which we talked about, should we share? Should we not share? So it's going to allow you to really personalize what's going to work for you. And then you have a bit more of a plan when it comes to achieving your goals. I love that. I cannot wait to dig into that because I'm totally, I just feel like I had such a tough year with COVID with kids in zoom school that I kind of let this year go and mm-hmm. make it a success if I survived. And I did. <laughs> yeah. 
I did. And I'm here and I, it worked. And now my kids are in school and things are great. It just took like a good solid 10 months. But I just, I'm really excited about that because I know I'm in a place in my business where I want to do that. And I wish I had this fortitude to do it back when I was doing the client work, you know, mm-hmm. like, cause I, I didn't have this vision and I feel like you guys are getting such like a good head start because you have that ability to cast that vision and execute it. And you have like this entire community to help support you. So thank you for your freebie. Everyone go grab that. I put that here in the link for this live. If you're listening to the podcast, it will be in the show notes. And I wanted to ask you to follow up on this because it kind of goes to the territory about like the roadblocks that really stop ah, us. From yes. Oh, yes. I love the roadblocks. So first of all, One of the big roadblocks that comes up is I don't have time. And how often, how often do we get a great idea and then instantly go, I don't have time. I'm so busy. Look, we're all busy and we all have the same amount of time. So I think we have to dig into that natural response of I don't have time and ask ourselves, is that really true? And maybe, Emily, maybe it is true. Like you said, you went through a very intense season where you're navigating homeschool, that might be the case. Maybe you really are going through a season and you don't have time to take on that new initiative, but likely there's fear involved or you're not confident or you're overwhelmed. And so I don't have time becomes this easy excuse where we don't have to dig into what's really behind. I don't have time. And then that leads us to another roadblock, which is fear. And the best way I've heard fear described is false expectations appearing real. Think about a time when you've been afraid in your business and you build up this story in your mind around all the what ifs. Well, what if this happens? And what if that happens? And they're going to say this and they're going to think this. And as you reflect back on that time, was it actually true? Did those things you think were going to happen actually happen? And usually no. And if they did, it's usually not anywhere near the extreme that you've built it up in your mind. So fear just gets in our way all the time and keeps us comfortable and stuck. And so I'll, I'll offer our viewers and listeners a couple of power questions. So these are my favorite questions to start to navigate fear. Number one, what is the worst that can happen? What is the worst that can happen? So you set a big goal and you start looking at it. You're like, this is a little scary. Well, what's the worst that can happen if you go after it and make all the list and go a layer deeper, a layer deeper, a layer deeper. What's bad about that? Then flip the script and ask yourself, what's the best that can happen? If you go after this goal and you achieve it, what's the best that can happen? Because so often as women, we don't sit in that space. We don't sit in the space of positivity and possibility. We sit in the space of negativity and worry and all the bad things. And if you take a look at that list of the worst and the best, what I have found is not going after the best case outcomes is far worse than anything that you put on that what's the worst case list. Amen. I mean, that's why we are here in our own businesses. I mean, we want that glass ceiling broke. We are here for all of those reasons. Like that makes me feel so good. Cause I mean, I know I do that in my business all the time. Like, oh my gosh, fear, all fear, the time. fear. But the best thing that can happen is like my family's set up for success. Like I'm taking vacations, I'm impacting lives. I'm like to shut all that down 
because I was scared. It just, it seemed stupid at that point, right? <laughs> right. You're like, okay, well, that's ridiculous. But we get so yeah. caught up in, well, what will others think of us? Yeah, and what if it sure. doesn't go right? And and I'm working on embracing, if it doesn't go right, there's a lesson in there for me. So I I launched a course earlier this year and I, I had 10% of my goal participants in it. And it was really a frustrating experience for me. I poured so much time, energy, and effort. And I saw all the people doing it online. And I'm like, cool. If I have all these beautifully curated Instagram posts, this is going to work. Well, that wasn't the case for me. That was a really frustrating moment in my business. But what I learned, I was able to then turn around and apply to the mastermind group that I co-facilitated with two other coaches this year. And that was really helpful. And now what I'm learning is, oh, maybe I built that course to better serve my clients. So maybe I built that course, not necessarily to get material to sell in a course, but to have a lot of material to better support my one-on-one coaching clients. So I'm, I'm constantly looking for the lesson in some of those, what I can perceive as failures. Oh my gosh, hundred percent. You have to have the growth mindset with that, or like, you're just not going to cut it in this, this online space. No. And to be vulnerable for me, I had launched my course and had good initial success with it. Like launched two and three went really well. And the last launch I did just kicked my booty. It kicked my booty. It was so much work. I was dealing with Zoom kindergarten. So like it just, it just didn't seem like the the best trade-off of my time. And so I find myself scared to do it again, just to be honest, because I I know how much work it is. I've done this for clients and I've seen them fail too. I've seen them launch courses and not be ready or, you know, be off a little bit or for whatever reason. And I'm almost in a season now where I'm, I know too much and I'm overthinking. Like I got out of that like blissful ignorance stage where you're like, yeah, I can do it. And then now I'm like, oh, now I need to be more refined, need to be more intentional and strategical. And that part is hard, but it boils down to fear a hundred percent. If it doesn't work, what if I, and the worst case scenario, as I'm talking through this, like a therapy session is like, what if nobody signs up and the lesson is there's something to learn there? <laughs> like, you know, it's no big deal, no big deal. Right. <laughs> exactly. And, and the other big thing I've learned is that success leaves clues. So if you had a couple of successful launches What was going on during that time? What were you doing? What were the initiatives that drove the most participants? And then if you compare that to the most recent one, were you doing all those same things or were you introducing a new way? Was there, as you're navigating Zoom kindergarten, which, oh my gosh, is so challenging, you know, it just take a look at the differences and what, what was going on during that time. And that might help you if you decide to launch and move forward with another one. Yeah. Oh, I totally am. And let's check business here. It's, I think it's a live launching model. There's just mm-hmm. like so much more energy that goes into it. With COVID, I had put things on evergreen and it was just, it's, it was kind of exhausting. And I'm yeah. sure that read in my energy, you know what I mean? And I did switch up my webinar. And so there's a lot of like little things there, but yeah, I'm like, I, I know the answers. <laughs> We know the answers and sometimes we just need the space to talk them out and okay, I know what to do move forward. Oh, and that's why it's so, I'm glad you said that. It's so good to have like like like-minded people who are going through the same things. And like you mentioned your mastermind and even here in this group, like this is so difficult to have these conversations with people, especially when your mind is like always like 
thinking about your business because you're jazzed about it. Like you get that spark talking about it. And so it's fun because my husband's like, uh, maybe you should just do client work. And I'm like, no, 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 that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I know my husband is always like, yes, yes, go hire a coach. Like you need to talk about your business to someone else, not here in the household all the time. Cause I'm much like you. I can think business, talk business, work in business. I love it. And yeah. I'm very, very grateful for that. But there, there needs to be an outlet as well. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, this has been so good. I am really excited. Everyone go check out Kristen's breakout plan for doing the fourth step of your goal setting. Do you have a framework? You need to title that framework. What's it called? I'm sure it has a name. If I were to title it, I would call it the Elite Achievement Goal Setting Series. Okay. It's kind of a long title, yeah. but yeah. just go look for the breakout plan. That's going to be the best for people. Yeah. You need to trademark that. This is so good. And it's so helpful. And it helps me like, I really needed that to walk through the steps. Cause one other question I have, you know, I see a lot of people doing these like vision boards. Is this part of your process or like, what are your thoughts on that? Okay. So when it comes <laughs> to a vision, what I think we need to do is ditch the rules. So, so often we approach writing a vision like we did a paper in school. And, and I remember what is their APA formatting and MLA formatting and titles. And if a vision board fires you up, do a vision board. If writing it out as a story fires you up, write it out. I have clients who use bullet points. I've also had clients who start the vision process by building a Pinterest board. And then as they get visual, they're then able to write it out. So I'm less concerned about the actual format and I'm more concerned, do you have an idea of where you want to go and why? And then we can start thinking about your 2022 goals and do those connect with that vision. And one other thing, and I'm glad we're circling back to vision because I didn't dig too deep into it. I believe that we should consider our visions to be a draft. So often it's like, oh, I gotta, I gotta write this vision. It's this big process. We make it way bigger than it is. And it's this idea that once you write it, we lock in and we go after it. Well, you know what? I don't know what life is really truly gonna look like 10 years from now, the way I think it's gonna look 10 years from now, it might change. We're all growing, we're developing, we're human, our desires might shift, our businesses might shift. And so when it comes to your vision, if you look at it as a draft, a draft that can and should be reviewed periodically, that can also be really freeing and inspire you to write your vision. So I recommend you check in on your vision every quarter. Okay, I love that. I can see that as a nice like Instagram quote block for you. <laughs> your vision is your draft. You had such good things like talking about fear, ditching the rules. I think we all need permission to ditch the rules and make it work for us. So make it work for us. Thank yeah. you, Kristen. This has been such a treat. Where can everyone connect with you and find you? Awesome. Well, if you liked what you heard today, you can follow my podcast, which is Elite Achievement. It is on all the major podcast platforms. I am on Instagram at meet Kristen Burke. And then my website is kristenburke.com. Yes. Thank you. And do not forget to go grab her breakout plan, guys. Okay. Thanks so much. Thank you for this opportunity. I had such a blast connecting with you. Hi. 
right. Thanks for joining me on today's podcast. I hope you loved it. If you have a moment, would you hit subscribe? Would you leave me a five-star review? That will totally help me out. Get this podcast ranking so more people can find it and get more unicorns doing their own thing in this space. I cannot wait to talk to you next week. We have a really good interview with a unicorn digital marketing assistant, and she's going to tell you how she got started, what she's learned along the way. Very important lessons coming up. We'll see you next week. If you want to start earning income as a digital marketing service provider or digital marketing assistant, you only need your laptop. You can tap into what online business owners really need help with by downloading my top 10 most requested tasks. These are the services I did for years for my clients behind the scenes. You can take this download and apply it to your own business and start by offering these very same services. If you want to niche down in digital marketing, this is your guide. Just use the link in the show notes or go to emilyreaganpr.com slash services. I don't know, do better in our own businesses and help us. Uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. My my signature flag. <laughs> like waiting, waiting, waiting. Yeah, I know. I'm like, I just, I'm like surprised. I'm like, am I just getting older? But my brain's like, no, he can't do deep thinking right now. Or like, I'm still in New York, I guess. Okay, give me a second. It's a fun Zoom, Zoom moment. I'll be looking forward to watching you get your goals uh, in 2020 too. Yes, I know, 2022, it's like, ah, yes, happy new year. 